Muffin Talk is a weekly radio program to which I invite guests to talk about their work and their passion for issues on community programs, social justice, Bible studies, or the Catholic Church. Today I have invited Brother Matthew from Tizi to a Zoom recording for a broadcast. Brother Matthew, a warm welcome and hi to my radio program. Thank you. Kia Brother Matthew is from the Tizi community in France. And this community was founded by Brother Roger of Tézé, or Brother Roger, as he's called in many countries. In 2019, Brother Matthew visited Auckland, and he joined me for an interview on Muffin Talk in the studio of Planet FM. Today, our interview is done via Zoom, and Brother Matthew is joining us from Australia, where he's visiting his family. Brother Matthew, in our last interview, you mentioned the upbringing of Brother Roger, uh, Roger, and how the experience of war inspired him to found this monastic community of which you are part and uh, in which Christians of different denominations pray and live together. Mm. Can you give us a short background so that we are understanding the context of this special community? Yes, I mean, Teze was born very much out of the experience of, of war in, in Europe. Um, Brother Roger, he often spoke about his grandmother who lived in France during the First World War and who did everything she could to help people who were suffering at that time and stayed there until it became no longer possible. The front got closer and closer to where she was staying. And then she she returned to, to Switzerland, to the family home. And he always remembered her saying when she came back, oh, I, I don't want anybody to see the suffering that I've seen. If only Christians could show that they love each other, then perhaps more people would believe in the gospel and there'd be a greater chance for peace in the world. Yeah? They were the words of a grandmother. Yeah? She was from uh, an old Protestant family uh, from the Reformed Church. And she told also how she used to go and pray in the Catholic Church, not going to Mass or anything like that, but to go and sit and pray quietly. Not something that people do today, but at that time it was it was very, very rare to find such things. Um, and, and Brother Roger, he often said you know, that he, he, he would, would like to be like his grandmother who managed to reconcile her her, the, her faith uh, of her origins, her roots, yeah, with the Catholic faith. Yeah? Um, and, and that was very much his journey, but always with a view to towards people believing in the gospel. Um, Christians who speak so easily about a God of love yeah, profess their faith in that God, but who are separated, who don't love each other. Mm. Uh, who often say things against you know, p- uh, people of other denominations. Um, and that seemed very incoherent to him. Um, if our testimony is to be 
is to be true, then we have to live from the gospel. And Jesus prayed in John chapter 17 for the unity of those who who followed him. Um, And and, and I think that's something very, very important. Do we choose to go with the prayer of Jesus or do we go against the prayer of Jesus? This this reconciliation is not something optional. Uh, It's something which is at the heart of the the gospel, the heart of the life of Jesus. Um, and how did you manage to practice it then in the community? When how how do you practice this kind of reconciliation and this going together and um, putting the focus on reconciliation and the heart of the gospel? I, I think first of all, you have to live from the trust that in God unity is already present. Yeah, um, there's the the beautiful icon of the Trinity painted by Andrei Rublev, which many people know. It's in fact a representation of the hospitality of Abraham in the book of Genesis, where there are these three strangers which are are welcomed. Um, And uh, the early Christians, the church fathers, they saw this as an imaging of uh, the Trinity. Um, And Rublev, he has this, this icon with the three strangers sat at a table and there's an open place at the table, yeah, and that's for the one who is looking, who is praying before the icon, yeah, and 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 we're invited to enter into this unity which exists within the Trinity. Okay, those are big words. <laughs> what does it mean in practice? Yeah, um, but but I think if we have that image in our mind, then then we understand that there's something already given in God. Uh, I, I, I also which is there. I I heard that uh, at this. Um, table where the three are sitting there there used to be a little mirror where you would look at yourself yeah within the trinity yeah 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 there are things like that that happen yeah 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 Yeah. and and also you know if you look in the the letter to the ephesians then we're told that that christ is our peace and that by his death on the cross, he broke down the walls of hostility that existed you know, between between nations. In the context of that letter, it's between uh, the, 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 the Christians of Jewish background and the Christians of Greek background. Yeah? Um, but, but Christ is our peace. The walls of hostility between us, they've been broken down by the cross and by the resurrection. You know? Are we ready to believe that? And if we're ready to believe that, then we discover that we can live together. We, we can pray together, yeah? There are, there are so many things that we can do together, yeah? And and that's the path, I think, that we try to follow in, in, in Teze. We don't have the answers to all the, the big complicated questions. But, you know, Pope Francis is very good. He, he uh, A lot of his approach is to say we need to do things now, and it's the theologians that have to then work things out. <laughs> you know, and I and I think in our Western Christianity, uh, you know, we've got it a bit the wrong way around sometimes, if I can say it like that. We think that the theology has to be done first of all, you know. But if you look at the, at the history of the church, then uh, more often than not, it was the other way around. You know, the theologians were there to understand how the Holy Spirit was moving you know, in that particular moment in time. And I think that sometimes what Pope Francis means is also that you have to act now because um, when he talks, for example, about the painting of the uh, the untie of knots, 
And he yeah. said, Mary was called and she said immediately, yes, she didn't hesitate. Yeah. And so when there is um, action needed, it yeah. has to be done quickly. Whereas yeah. the theologians have to go so deep in their thoughts yeah. by the time that they have taken the decision, uh, that can take a long time. Yeah. And then yeah. it can be revised, revised again. Yeah. And, and the call to reconciliation in, in, in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's Gospel You know, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, not you have something against them, they have something against you, yeah? Leave your offering there, go first and be reconciled with them, and then come back and give your offering at the altar, you know? So that reconciliation is something that has to take place now. You know? It can't be put off until later. Yes. Yeah. And, and tell me, um, this, uh, the community in Tizzy, last time in the interview, you told us that you had... 5,000 young people sometimes at the same time. What happened now in the last two years with COVID raging through the world? Did, did you have an effect or did you start to do everything on Zoom like I do it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it had a very big effect on us, of course, because uh, all of a sudden, yeah, the, there were no young people visiting us. We, we were in it was a, a strict lockdown no, in, the, in the first uh, period of the pandemic. Um, and... You know, we were also quite afraid because there's a good number of older brothers or brothers with various uh, vulnerabilities. Um, and we were, we were afraid you know, of, of infection coming into the community. And so, you know, the community was split up into smaller living groups. Uh, the brothers who worked together lived together. Um, and uh, we didn't even come together for prayer. Yeah, uh, during a certain period, we prayed in these small living groups. It's like the bubbles in New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. Um, and paradoxically, it was quite a positive experience for many because when you're in a big group, then, um, how to say that diplomatically, um, you can sometimes avoid certain people. Whereas when you're living in a smaller group, you know, you're, you're faced with them each day. And so it was a very big lesson for us. What does it mean really to live together as brothers? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, the, like for many people, the time of the pandemic, it was a time of reflecting on what's essential in our lives. Um, and, and how can we, uh, how can we really go forward yeah, on the path uh, that we're called upon? Yeah. Um, And it's true, we, we did learn yeah, how to use Zoom and how to um, broadcast on Facebook and the other things. Um, and during that first lockdown, we broadcast our evening prayer uh, and the different living groups took it in turn. It was a different group each week. And, uh, and it was amazing. You know, we, we had 30, 40,000 people wow. following us. Yeah. Um, and so you, you realize that you were reaching out you know, to people who perhaps you know, normally wouldn't come to Tese, um, and that there was a real thirst you know, during the pandemic for many people to be able to pray, to rediscover or discover a sense of belonging to, to a community. Yeah? And, and that was very positive, and we've, we've, we've continued with that um, every Saturday evening on our website, the Evening Prayer. Uh, is, is, is broadcast live. Um, 
So you can and, join and from wherever you are. You can join yep. from New Zealand as long as yep. you have internet, you can join. Yeah, my parents uh, live in South Australia and, and uh, 8.30 in France. It's not a very convenient time to watch live in South Australia. Um, it will be 8.30 in the morning, I think, in New Zealand. So yes. it's not so bad. Uh, but my parents, they always watch it on the Sunday afternoon. Depends on when, uh, if it's a daylight saving or not. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It can be two hours more different, and that can be a bit challenging if it's then six thirty in the morning. Yeah, but it's but it's 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 recorded, and you can you can watch it a little bit later if you if you want to. Yeah, and, uh, and I think it's yeah, you know, it's 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 a good way of uh, stopping and being quiet. And, and many people said they liked the prayer because it was as if they were in the church in Tese. Um, you know, I think many broadcast services there's somebody leading the service that you have to watch and follow, whereas uh, with the broadcast service from Teze, you see the backs of the brothers, um, and it's as if you're part of the assembly, you know. Uh, that's our way of doing things. Well, I've heard from some groups who had prayer meetings that they said, oh, at church we never talk to the other person next to yeah. you. But yeah. um, on Zoom it was so much easier, and yeah. you could see the faces, not the backs. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah um, yeah. Brother Matthew, last time in your interview, you also mentioned that you were going to um, to Russia regularly, yeah. and now, unfortunately, well, since World War Two ended in in Europe, nineteen forty five, there have been more than seventy five years of peace, the longest yeah. time of peace in Europe in its history. Yeah. But unfortunately, this uh, period of peace ended in February this year. Mm. And I'm just wondering what what can you share about your experience of Russia and maybe you have been to Ukraine? I don't know. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, yeah, I think you know as a community we've 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 always tried to to maintain friendships with people all over the world and, and, and during the time when Eastern Europe was cut off behind the Iron Curtain. There were brothers who went to to visit the different countries, usually on tourist visas, um, and uh, they managed to make contact with, with various people involved in church work. Um, and so, when the Iron Curtain fell, uh, there there were lots of people from the East who came to to visit Teze and our European meetings, which take place at the end of each week each year, um, and. Many came from Ukraine and from Russia. Um, in the last European meetings, the Ukrainians have been the second largest in number after the Poles mm. uh, to take part. And, and, and so there's a huge number of people there that we know. Um, and, yeah, the, the suffering, it tears your heart out. You know, why is this happening? Um and you know Ukraine, it's 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 a it's a country um, which is searching for its identity, um, but in some way through this uh, conflict, which began already eight years ago, you have to remember that you know with uh, you know the the separatist movement in Donetsk and and Luhansk, you know. Um, through this conflict, in some ways, the, the identity of, of Ukraine has been forged. Um, 
you know, and it's it's a country which is very mixed uh, with different Christian backgrounds. Um, there's a big conflict within Orthodoxy at the moment, Patriarchate, which is recognised by Constantinople and the Patriarchate of Moscow, um, and uh, it's very very sad. It's very very sad indeed. Um, yeah, there's a big number of Russian speakers. Yeah, the, the Ukrainian speakers tend to be more in the west of the country, but yeah, there's a great desire for everyone now to learn Ukrainian. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've, as you said, I visited Russia uh, uh, 1993. I think it was my first visit, and. You know, until the pandemic, practically every year I, I, I've been in Russia and there, there's a lot of links and, and the messages that we get out of Russia from our friends there. Yeah, that some of the older people, they're very much taken by what's happening and uh, what they're being told on state television and uh, media. But a lot of the younger ones who have contact elsewhere and who know how to access internet and have a critical mind then they're suffering and you know they're, they're also wanting to leave the country you know they they mm. they can't stand what's going on yeah have there been a few Ukrainians who arrived in Tese in the last month well there's there there are two things uh, there um, first of all we've been a kind of a staging point because there's a lot of Ukrainians who live in uh, in Portugal and in Spain uh, and they have been ferrying um, goods yeah, towards Ukraine, things that are needed, uh, humanitarian aid. Yeah. Um, and then they brought refugees from the Ukrainian border back to Spain or Portugal. And uh, twice now there have been uh, convoys which have spent the night in Teze. Uh, it's about halfway um, and we have set up a, uh, a scheme where um, families in Europe who would like to be able to welcome refugee families you know, can, can do so. We can put them in touch. Uh, we can't follow things up, then it's, it's up to the, the, the people in the different countries and their authorities to follow things through. But like that, you put people in touch. Um, and then uh, we will be welcoming in Teze and in the neighbouring village, um, uh, mainly you know, mothers and children you know, from Ukraine uh, in the coming time, uh, working together with the Ukrainian embassy in, in Paris. Um, and we'll be setting up a, a provisional community of, of young people from different parts of Europe, but who have a knowledge of Slavic languages, um, to 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 welcome these these refugee families. Um, but you know, it's it's a small thing, and I think what's been really really uh, striking is the solidarity shown by the neighbouring countries of Ukraine. What we've seen in Poland, in in Hungary, especially two countries which have been fairly harsh, you know, in their approach towards the refugee questions over the last years, they have shown such generosity. And I think that shows really where the heart is, you know. Um, uh, you see an incredible outpouring of goodness and understanding and compassion 
uh, during this time. Um, Are there special prayers in Tizi for, especially for Ukraine? As you you might have heard that uh, Pope Francis yeah. has decided um, has announced that he would consecrate Russia and Ukraine to the yeah. Immaculate Heart of Mary today. Yeah. And yeah. the New Zealand Catholics have been asked to visit their churches yeah. to go out and to, as the Ukrainians leaving their homes, yes. um, the Catholics are asked to go into their churches mm-hmm. and to pray for Ukrainians and for, for Ukraine and for Russia. Yeah. Do you have some experiences like this? Is there something special happening? Yeah, I mean, there's the two things there. Every every Sunday evening at eight o'clock in Teze, before the evening prayer, we have a half hour prayer in silence for peace, um, and that's 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 every Sunday. Uh, but obviously, during this this past time, that's been dedicated uh, more to the situation in Ukraine, um, and we are preparing a. Uh, a service order for a, a, a vigil for peace, which will appear soon on our website, which we hope people can use in different places. Mm-hmm. Brother Alois, our prior, he's in fact in Rome at the moment. Um, just on Monday, he had uh, an audience with Pope Francis. Um, and and so they, they spoke about the situation. And uh, and, and this morning uh, on Facebook, I... I uh, There's a, a Russian priest I know very well, an Orthodox priest in in, in, in Moscow, um, and on the Facebook site of their parish, they published what Pope Francis said mm. uh, about this this dedication uh, of Ukraine and, and, and Russia, the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and I think that's a very very beautiful sign, you yeah. know, um, that that even within Orthodoxy there are people who are touched you know, by by this. Uh, Initiative of Pope Francis. Mm. Uh, but but I, I think, think that it's it's very hard for people far away because if they can't do anything practically, like what you said when you are in Europe and you can yeah. accommodate a family for a certain yeah. time just to to give them some support, but if yeah. you're very far away, prayers yeah. are certainly working. But is there any other way that you recommend? Well, I think, you know, there's nothing more responsible than to pray. Mm-hmm. I think it was in the letter to Diognetis, no, one of the church fathers. This is written like that. Brother Roger used to quote that very often. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, to pray, it's to open our hearts so that we can see what God is doing. You know? um, and, and I think, you know, that's that's something very, very important in the renewal of our hope in this in this desperate situation. You know, it opens our eyes to see what others are doing and it perhaps inspires us to see what we can do. Um, I, one thing that I said when I was in Sydney, I had a series of visits there um, a couple of weeks ago, was that if you, you know, if you knew people in, in your local community who have Russian or Ukrainian background, to go and visit them, you know, to, to go and tell them, you know, that they that they're not forgotten during this time, that you want to share uh, in, in, in their suffering in some ways and that you're ready to, to be with them. Um, because I think as well, when in, in times of conflict, there can be an incredible sense of isolation, you know, and especially if there are, there are migrant families who are living in New Zealand on the other side of the world, then they feel cut off. You know, they feel helpless as well in this situation. And, and are there ways of going towards them? You know, are there ways of, of, of meeting with them, of offering them a hand friendship? 
Yeah. I think it's it's good that Pope Francis consecrates Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So he's not taking a side because it's about humans and about humanity and the dignity of every human person. Yeah, and I and I think you know that's that's very well understood um, that it's 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 not a particular nation which is at fault. You know, uh, uh, there's politics involved in this. You know, and you know it's 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 very strange. I I remember when I was 17 years old, um, the the United Kingdom set off to regain the Falkland Islands you now from Argentina. And I was caught up, you know, in this, in this nationalist jingoism. And when I look back on that, I, you know, I'm ashamed. Um, but there, there is always a kind of a, you know, a, a, even in our Western democracies, no, a, a state propaganda which which is there, which can, you can be very, very easily caught up in, you know. And and I think that's the case for a lot of people in, in Russia, certainly at the moment. Um, Brother Roger, I always remember in the when I came to Teze in the late eighties, uh, when we had big weeks of German pilgrims, he would always say, uh, and at first I was puzzled. I thought, you know, they've got over this now, uh, but he would always say, "There's no nation to blame, which is to blame. No single nation which is to blame in situations of conflict," because he knew the weight of guilt. You know that that. Uh, many young Germans at that time felt Absolutely. still, you know, after the war, you know. And, and we were yeah. reminded of we were reminded of it by yeah. by some people constantly. Yeah. And yeah. the next generation, yeah. we didn't know happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that that's something to bear in mind in all situations of conflict. Um, that. Yeah, I mean, politically, we can take sides, but when it comes to the ordinary people, um, in a in a way, everyone is a victim. Yeah, uh, during these situations, and um, how can we help those victims to survive? You know, it's it's by, as you said, you know, like what Francis is doing, respecting the dignity of, of each of each, you know, and and, and not um, condemning uh, yeah. a whole swathe of the population. No, it's uh, there are people who are being manipulated. There are people who are suffering because of that. And of course, we we have to acknowledge first of all that the major suffering is in Ukraine. That's mm-hmm. that's clear. They they are the ones who've been attacked. Yeah. But at the same time, let us not forget uh, uh, the, the people of Russia, yeah, who who in some ways are, are also lost yeah, in this situation. But as you also said, some some people some uh, have other channels of information. Yeah. But if they have some knowledge, even if they would do something, it would get so dangerous for them and their families yeah. that it's that it's not so easy the situation. No, and I think but, we have to be very careful in, yeah. in what we say. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think that um, we uh, we invite everybody to follow Pope Francis's example and pray for the people in Ukraine and in Russia and pray for peace because it would, uh, it was such a has been such a long positive time, even through the time of the Cold War. At least yeah. there was not an armed conflict. Thank you very much for this interview, yeah. and um, I wish you a safe trip home. Thank you. Thank Tessie. you very much. And Thank you. Uh, I hope that we will keep 
Europe is peaceful and that this war will end soon yes. and uh, peace will be restored. And, right. and that will be also in the light of Brother Roger, who's, who always talked about reconciliation, because that's the important thing, that there is the, um, the readiness to reconcile. Thank you very much. We're maintaining these links now. We prepare a future peace. Yes. Thank you very much, Brother uh, Matthew. And I'll just say a couple of words regarding Titi Ponamo Study and Joy because we have one, two sessions coming up in April. And um, we are going to talk about three women in the Bible on the 20th of April. So these were three courageous women of the Old Testament. And um, on the 29th of April, we will have these three women and three women of the Greek mythology, all painted by Michelangelo. And um, this is the presentation done by Dr. Christopher Longhurst. So for more information, please uh, look at the website at www.studyjoy.nz. Kia kaha, keep safe, and thank you, Brother Matthew. Pieces calling in the bonds of love we meet for the world a new day dawning and shining.